Oh my god. My name's Matt Copes. I'm Andrew Baxter. And this is the Christmas edition of Poppies and Watermelon. Can you hear the angelic choruses, the sleigh bells ringing, the fireside crackling, Santa's coming in to sleigh. Oh, oh, oh. And all those other sound effects that you haven't yet found, but what else could we make you find? Oh, can you hear the fireworks? It's fire, there's fireworks, is that all? Is that a space shuttle launch? Jesus. <laughs> Can't uh, believe it. We'll be going deep into the photo uh, recording file for this one. Well, hey, I've got my eggnog. You got your eggnog? You got your eggnog? I've got my special five o'clock in the morning eggnog, yeah. Um, otherwise known as strong coffee. Well, we may have to break in half an hour, so I, I completely understand. I've been there. <laughs> uh, how, it, feel, it feels particularly naughty because it's um, midday for me and I've decided to drink a beer. And this week I'm not on holiday, like I'm working from home. So technically I'm drinking on the job, which makes me feel good. Weird. <laughs> yeah, weird because there's, there's no rules. I can do what I want. But that it still drive. feels naughty. Well, I mean, I'm not working today. So if we do have a break, I might go get crack open a brewski. Yes. Wait, did you say you are or you aren't working today? I'm you not are. working today. You're not working today? No, I've ended up... It, so for astute viewers, you may have noticed that there's not been a lot of uh, episodes released recently. And despite the fact the last episode was released uh, was recorded in June, it was released in... October, November. Mm. So, which Christmas is this coming out in? Is this twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? Well, sure. we're recording it for twenty twenty uh, Christmas. Uh, we'll see which Christmas it comes out on. Um, if if uh, if it's if it's released for twenty twenty Christmas, yeah, yes. <laughs> How about that? When you get up this, well, no, actually, no, this is early. I'll, I'll call it when you get up this early. To do some so, so something like this, like so, I'm recording you. So let's say this takes us I don't know, two hours. We start at five thirty. That means I finish at seven thirty, which means I've already done something with the day, and it's still earlier than I normally get up. It's a weird situation to be. In. Makes you feel like a king. Like you're like, why don't I do this every day? Oh yeah, because it's really tiring. It's funny when you've got something to do, you can you can easily like. Getting up is not a problem. Like you wake up with the alarm and you just get up. But when when your plans are loose or your um, desire isn't a hundred percent, it's so hard to get up. I'm not sure why it's so hard. This segues into a topic, actually. But would you like to segue, or would you like to do Secret Santa? I was I was about to say it's not very Christmas. It hasn't been. Uh, uh, I, uh, we haven't been very Christmassy yet, but. Uh... I feel like we can ramp up the Christmas E later if you've got a, uh, if you've got, because remember we have got topics we can talk about. That's right. Let's, let's do the, uh, just keep people listening to the end. We've got our first ever inaugural Secret Santa um, coming at the end of this episode. So don't check your email, Baxter, because something might be arrived there. All right. Don't check don't yours. Check. Although I also just won't pay, I just won't press the buy button yet. But yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was speaking of sleep. I was reading this um this email, it's not a fucking email. This book the other day because I got onto like checking out books at the library, and you can just check out whatever goddamn book you want and not spend money. It's fantastic. That's what I say. That's how a library works, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if you've ever been. Oh, when you sign up as an adult, because you have to sign up to a library, it's 
it's a whole new world that you you don't know you have access to. Like there's board games there, there's movies there, there's books there, there's ebooks. Like you can, I don't even have to visit the library and the app. The apps are pretty cool. Like you join a virtual waiting list and I'm not sure. Are you a member of your local library? I am not. I have not used a library services since I was at university. Uh-huh. Well, I do it. It's, it's pretty awesome. I've, I've definitely changed a lot. And, and I was getting this, um, this book and it was about, uh, I don't know. My one of my secret pleasures is like personal development stuff, and there's this one about like sleeping and and there's all a bunch of rah rah stuff about like you know wake up early, achieve the world, blah blah blah. But it's so hard, and and the reality is very different to the five easy steps the the books all say whatever. But this one put it into perspective, and he said, if you wake up ninety minutes earlier than you usually do, which isn't, isn't crazy. Cause you don't have to be awake. So sorry. You don't have to sleep less than and sleep an hour and a half less than you normally do. What they're also saying is generally the last part of your day, the last hour and a half is usually wasted. Like yeah. if, if you normally go to sleep at 11 o'clock, I can guarantee between nine 30 and 11 is not productive. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's usually just scrolling a feed or doing something dumb or, or just procrastinating <laughs> from sleeping because even though sleep is wonderful, you, we just procrastinate. And so what they're saying is like part of it is just doing a better transitioning into the morning and doing something better with it. And part of it is maybe sleeping a tiny bit less because maybe we don't need 10 hours sleep every day like Mark thinks he does. But he said if you do 90, hour, no, sorry, 90 minutes um, more productive use, every decade, every 10 years, you live a whole year extra. So you essentially get a year's worth more of life, 10% more life. Um, I haven't done the exact maths and I see, see you're doing it in your head. But I'm presuming that 90, 90 minutes added up every day for 10 years. I'm guessing that's like the waking hours of, of an hour, of a, of a year, sorry. I, it just blew my mind is that you don't have to like live longer. You can actually experience and do more in the short time yet like it just blew my mind that in the next decade I could have 11 years where someone could they just have their eyes closed for a year of it and that 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 really hit me for six I don't know I never thought it in that perspective so that was quite um quite uh a practical I guess that was what was convincing for me um to get up a little bit earlier. So I've been doing a, I've been trying to wind back my, my sleep. Uh, my, my family was completely shocked to hear this when I like my birthday dinner the other day. Cause I'm, I would be loosely categorized as not a morning person. That would be the, <laughs> the, the general. <laughs> if I don't know if anyone's seen me in the early hours, you would probably agree. I'd, I obviously I've got also got a very dry sense of humor. I remember going to work one day and I like, you just have like, you say like, ah, oh, do, do you want to like start a suicide pact? And they <laughs> thought I was serious, but I was completely <laughs> not. So don't combine a dry sense of humor with, with that kind of thing. But, um, uh, yeah, so I've, I've started, I set the ballpark at seven, seven's achievable. So that's what, what it has been. And then every week I'm setting my two alarms, my wake up alarm five minutes earlier and then my no tech alarm five minutes earlier. So at the start, seven o'clock is when I wake up. Nine o'clock, 
I'm obviously a very hand person today. Nine o'clock is when I stop looking at screens and I start like doing fun stuff like reading and getting ready for bed and stuff like that. And that way I'm more tired when I go to bed. I'm actually going to fall asleep. I'll wake up at the time. And then every week I put both those alarms back five minutes. So like ideally I want to end up waking up at five o'clock instead of seven o'clock and, and going to bed instead of 11 p.m. going to bed at 9 p.m. or something like that. Mm. Um, and it's completely unbelievable that I'll be able to achieve this. But I did get from 7 till 6 and then we went on holidays and I'm back <laughs> back up to 7 again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was working so good for, you know, a good 10 weeks there and then, then 10 shit, I guess. 10, ten weeks <laughs> but, is impressive. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, it felt pretty good getting up at six, but the problem is at the moment, it's summertime at the moment and you get up at like five thirty-six, and you think you're a king and you get up and it's so hot already and people are already walking and you're like, I'm special. What are you guys doing special things for? Why are you up early? So it's a bit misleading at the moment. I kind of want to redo this in winter and get back to me in six months, i.e. the next episode. And I'll tell you if um <laughs> I'll tell you if I'm more, I feel like more of a champion in the morning. But at the moment, I don't feel too special, but I'm hoping that I will soon. Well, I, I, mean, I do I do think that Western Australia could, especially seeing as the uh, main population centre is on the very west side of the uh, time zone, it could definitely do with daylight savings time. Um, uh-huh. Because... I guess I'd be in favour for this specific example. I mean, that, that's. I'm sure we've discussed this on the on the podcast before, but that would that would. I think that would probably help with your idea where if you wake up and even when you wake up at six in the morning, it's still really hot. Whereas if that was if you wake up at five, it would be probably be, be a bit cooler. I can't mm-hmm. really empathise too much with you, seeing as it's been very cold recently here. Uh huh. Like frozen windscreens and stuff. No <laughs> snow yet. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to get much snow here this year but there's there is snow up in up in the mountains uh i've been looking at all the weather forecasts where i can't go so that's kind of where <laughs> we're at why you you start complaining about being too hot and i go oh that's it's a real what shame. about the what about the white horse any any snow up the, is that hill no. not big enough no it's not really big enough that's only 100 or so meters higher than we are here um yeah. so it, it on occasion that will get snow and we won't down here but Generally speaking, when there's snow up there, there's snow down here. And that mm, happens about once it. or twice a year. Is, yeah. mm, is that is that thing a common, that, that uh, an ornament, that attraction, is that a common thing around country London? Because like I saw it on TV, uh, uh, one of these like seven mate shows, and, and it had the, the, it is a horse, right? Yeah, it's a horse, yeah. It had it on. They were talking about it on there. Obviously, can't remember jack shit about it. But I was like, man, I know there. I've been there. It seems so foreign. Is it? Is it a thing that could it exist anywhere else? Or do you think they were talking about that one? It's um, so our one specifically is far older than the rest of the ones around the UK. I think there is contemporary chalk figures around, but I think our, our one's horrendously old. Um, uh-huh. A comparison, like uh, multiple thousands of years old, I think. Um, he says very little to back that up, but I know there's there's a, a lot. Jesus most of the, did it. Well, most of, uh, uh, 
from my very shaky memory on this subject, most of the chalk figures around the UK are from the 1800s, um, where they started putting a couple of extra ones down. Uh, so they're much, much more recent than our one. Whereas ours is, it, the reason ours looks so different is because it's a very, very old design. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 very it's a, a little bit odd having a I mean it's vaguely unknown, but having a very old monument around us because like that white horse like in the wars they had to cover it up um, huh. so the Germany couldn't the Germans couldn't fly over and go oh look we know where that is so it was covered up at that point. Um, wow. but it's been there for like the whole thing. There's a a bit further along. There's a place called Wayland Smithy, and that is thousands of years old. That's an ancient burial mound, and. Um, <laughs> It's weird. Like, I've been going around there on my runs recently, and it's a bit odd kind of being there going, this has been here since like all of the history where we really know what's been going on. That is ridiculous, isn't it? Like, empires have risen and fallen, and this has just been here. It's just there. Wow. Like, it was so during the, war, during the war, UK was just covering shit up. And yeah, so the- taking down signs. Um, huh. A couple of things had to be demolished. But that's that's a different story. But yeah, no, it's um. Where were we going with that? <laughs> we were talking uh, about sleeping schedules, and now we're talking about the White Horse. <laughs> I've no idea. Uh, <laughs> just fascinating. You guys have old stuff. That's great. Well, I mean, it's yeah, I, it's weird to think about how. So in Australia, you have Aboriginal sites. Um, uh-huh. where you've got really really old stuff there, and we think of that. You know, some of that is very old. Um, and it's weird to think about how, for our culture, this this is basically the same idea. It's a really old thing that's been there for as part of our culture for thousands of years, but we don't think of our culture as being that old because if we think of it as being modern. But that's yeah, that's what it is. It's Anglo. No, it's, no, it's pre-Anglo-Saxon. That's, that's pre-Anglo-Saxon. I think I'm not going to look it up. It's a really boring thing to do. If you want to look it up, look up the Uffington White Horse. Uh, there's pictures on the internet. And on TV. And you can basically see it from my house. That's why we that's why we talk about it. The thing we all want to hear is um, what's been happening in your small square world. Small square world? Yes. The van world. Oh, right. You want to talk about hashtag van life? I'm going to do another yes. hashtag thing. Um, it's been a while since we've spoken to him. <laughs> yes, but these notes have been in my uh, in, in my Google <laughs> Keep for a while. Where uh, so we where where we last uh, left off in the adventures of the uh, Omnomobile. Uh, Omnom. I can't quite. Well, we. I. Last time you had bought the van. <laughs> <laughs> way, way back in prehistory, we had bought the van and we were working on it. Um, so we've actually taken it places now. Um, oh. we, in July, no, June. So this is how, hang on. This is how I know that we recorded in June because in June we took the van somewhere. We actually loaded it up and went, we went to Cornwall to go and, um, meet, uh, a friend of mine from university who had a child. So we went to meet them for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. because we were able, like we were able to at that point, um, <laughs> I've had a nephew since, but I, I I can't go visit him because he happened later. But um, oh. <laughs> sucks. But uh, so we we went went down to Cornwall in it uh, with everything barely running. We had had to rush to get things finished because I like to get the electrics 
in to get lighting. Uh, I think I've tried. I'm trying to remember what was actually in by the time we went for the first maiden voyage. We didn't break any uh, break a champagne bottle on the bow or anything, which is uh, which in the hindsight is a missed opportunity. But uh, we were rushing. Also a smart one. Well, yeah. yeah, probably probably a smart one. We've, we've made enough damage to the uh, the van. Um, like so, in in this rush, I'm, this is probably when I realised that at some point, whilst we were putting the framework in, we put a screw in on both sides. At least it was symmetrical. Put a screw through the bodywork. I was checking out something on the uh, on on the back doors or something, and I was opening it up. I looked up, and so I saw a screw poking. I was like, "Well, that's bad." Um, fortunately, at that point, we were able to take enough part, uh, take the screw out, and we've kind of fixed it. But um, so we went down there, and like the battery was in. I oh, know we had some old batteries we had lying around, like came out of an old horse box or something. Um, one of them leaked, which was not fun. So I took, we had gas and I'd only just connected up the hob. The lights were in and I basically finished connecting them, basically finished connecting them as whilst we were there. So I had to take like a load of tools with me and I was like doing some. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't because it was also (laughs) like, we're excited to go on this holiday and I managed to take, I'd made a decision before we left. I was like, no, I'm not taking any tools, and then we're just gonna whatever's done by the time we leave. That's what's done, and then when it actually pushed against the ship, I was like, "Ah, oh, not enough stuff. Not enough stuff's done." There is nothing worse than leaving with a to-do list. Yeah, and so you know the advantage of having a van is that you can take a nice little uh, home with you and have that place. The downside is you can take your DIY with you. Mm. Um, you can take your shed with you too. <laughs> yeah, you take the whole lot. So, but it works. We um. We decided that we really should have taken bikes because I tried taking a long wheelbase sprinter down nice windy Cornish roads. Fortunately, when we tried to go down the really small one, someone told us before we got too far, the car park's full at the other end. You probably want to try and reverse, which they did just before we went around a rather sharp corner, thankfully, uh, oh, which meant I then had to reverse with uh, spectators. Always fun. <laughs> like Sounds like my worst nightmare. Yep. Uh, the weird thing was, so we were... We, we're reversing back up this windy little street. Like, well, I'll just find somewhere to park up there. Like, I've fortunately, I'm going. Thank God, I put a reversing camera on because that made it so much easier. But then this, uh, la- there's a lady there. She says, "I'll oh, just turn around in this driveway, and then you can go park up over there." And we're like, "Oh, cheers, thanks. Uh, that's, that's great." So do that. Eventually, managed to get it uh, around and parked up. At which point, her husband arrives in his car, parks next to us, and we're just like on someone's verge. Gets out of the car and leaves, and we're both looking at each other saying, so she's not, that's not her house. <laughs> what? <laughs> Some random sister's going, oh, I'll just park on that person. Oh, okay, fine. Um, well, they're trying to get your permission to do it. So like, they're like, if two of yeah. us do it, then we're... we're it fine. was, yeah, it definitely, I mean, this was, so this was just after travel was kind of allowed again. So a lot of people had gone down to Cornwall because you couldn't go overseas. So that, um you know how in any kind of social situation, once one person's done something, it's a lot easier for everyone else to do it. Well, mm-hmm. in this situation, there was one person kind of parked on that verge there before we left. By the time we left, there was like five cars there. And, you, <laughs> and I was feeling bad. I'm like, oh, we were the, you know, we were probably the, the start. Now it's her fault. It's big. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. I mean, it, it's one of these things where when... <sighs> When there's a lot of people having to try and park in weird places, to start off with, you're like, I'd never park there. 
but then mm. as as things get, as things get work, you know, progress, you start parking in weird places you'd never parked before. Mm-hmm. Um, or apparently, if you're an Italian driver, you just park wherever you want. Just park wherever you feel like. Park in the middle of the road. Oh yeah, whatever. Like holding yeah. up traffic. I don't care. Like, <laughs> why? Why are you trying to be somewhere? <laughs> um, so it. Um, yeah, what we found out was that uh, found out a couple of things. First of all, we wanted quite a lot more of the van done before we went to other places mm-hmm. because there's a couple of things. Like we didn't really have any cupboards or anything. Um, we did once we got back, just park it up outside the house, and we just stayed in the van for a couple of weeks. Like, wow! Just we were just like it's there. We we're using it. We want to. Yeah, it's it's nice. But uh, we did have like a list of stuff for like we should get this stuff done before we go out again. Which we did manage generally before we went to the Peak District, which was uh, like the first trip we went on where we kind of needed heating. Um, which we did we did have heating in, uh, and it works. It worked. It worked great. But um, one time, I'm pretty sure we had a gas leak because we weren't. Whilst we weren't overly paying attention to the gas level on the last night we were in the Peak District get to the campsite, park up. Oh, great. Because we've been climbing all day. We're like, oh, tired. Right, that's fine. We'll just crawl into the back. We'll just you know, eat some food and then we'll go to sleep. And I check the gas level. I go, oh, that's empty. Right, well, I guess we're going to have to drive drive to the nearest place we can get LPG. Whereas I've managed to get my phone open just because this is it's like in the middle of the Peak District. Phone signal is scarce. And I'm like, oh, look, we can, yeah, there's was, there was a, a filling station like 20 miles away or something. Which normally would be fine, but it was like an hour's drive. So all this winding, going down into valleys and stuff in in a van that I was... Uh, we're only just getting used to driving. Um, so that was an experience because because by the time we get back, it was starting to get dark and it was just not a, not a place where we wanted to be in a van because we already had to drive into the Peak District at night anyway. And, and what does um, the gas power? Is that cooking or cooking and the heater and the shower? However, the shower is oh. not attached to the gas yet, because for some reason I'm not entirely sure why the the gas hose the shower came with has a left-handed thread on one end, which means that I can't find a attachment to get it to work. And I don't really no. know enough about gas. I know enough about gas to know I don't want to get it wrong, which is why yeah. I'm a bit cagey on it and like. If if I if I could look at it like connecting up the hob was easy I, I could understand that and I was like it's all compression joints and this go in like check it doesn't leak and then you're fine with this one I'm like I don't know how to get from this type of pipe to this type of pipe and I can kind of find some couplers online where they're like oh it does this but then oh it's the wrong thread or whatever so that's why I'm trying to find someone to like do it like they, they, this is the point where I go I need someone else who knows what they're doing to do this because we also need to get someone to sign off on it anyway. And you want to like, you want someone that you can ask questions without feeling like an idiot <laughs> because it's, it's, it's so simple for someone who knows, of course it is because they know, but it's such a barrier to entry. Like I remember when I was first trying to do some woodworking and I, I had no idea like anything. And so I got these plans, I was making my bed frame and I, I got these plans online and they're of course from America. And turns out they have a different measuring system than we did. And I'd always thought that we had the same because you'd hear people say like, oh, you know, grab the two by four, you know, and it's like, Mm. well, that's 
that's not metric. That's imperial. Maybe all woodwork is is this way. And pretty much just got laughed at at Bunnings. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need this list of stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's not what we do here. You're going to have to like figure out different sizes. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Well, I've had to go tail between my legs. One thing I found where with all the woodwork is that um, a, a piece of planed one by one wood is not one by one. Crazy. Yeah, it's 35 by 25. But two by two Maybe. is 44 by 44. Like, why is one square and one not? But just There's a very obvious reason that someone knows. Yeah, uh, that's the kind of, it's, it's the kind of question where once you know the answer, you're probably going to, it's probably really obvious. And if you do this kind of thing a lot, like you, you go to speak to someone from where you're buying it from and they'll be able to tell you straight away, like, oh, this is, this is why it does that. But you turn up and you're like, uh, uh, I, I, want, I, I, want, I want some wood. So okay, uh-huh. what, what kind of wood do you want? I, I want, I want it to be, I, I don't know, like like an, like an inch, an inch what, like what, what square inch, <laughs> and then they'll ask you questions like, do you want it planed or unplaned? Yes. <laughs> Which would you do? Yeah. What's your uh, favorite? Like, and then we've so like this with some of like, I've managed to figure out these kind of things, and yeah, the first time you go into these places, like Bunnings, I don't know, like going, we have a Bunnings equipment. Actually, no, we do have Bunnings here now. Uh, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a Bunnings opened up in somewhere in the UK, and they tried having a sausage sizzle, and it went very very poorly because everyone just just went, "Why? I'm, I'm here to pick up some paint. Why would I want to have a, Why would barbecue? I have a sausage? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you, I don't think Australia realizes is self aware enough to realize that's weird. Um, it's actually but, a religion in Australia for people that don't know. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> but like, you go into that. Like, I've been to BQ enough to be like confident. Like, I can walk in and just look around and pick up whatever I want or whatever I get. But then you go into some places, like, uh, and it's a bit more like it feels. It feels like you should. You need to know stuff to be there. Uh huh. Like when you walk, you need to start. Like it's like when you try and go to a uh, get your car fixed or something, and you you want to be able to use long words. <laughs> You're just basically like, I want to. I want to know the fancy way of saying that when I drive, it goes clunk. Um, <laughs> and please don't rip me off. Yeah. please. <laughs> so with, with gas, it's becoming a case of, I want a, I want a person who knows what they're doing because I need to get someone to sign off on it anyway to say this gas won't kill you. But ooh, yes. it's getting tricky. But what happened more recently, we've had, so whilst we've had this time off, because there was a bit of a lull after that because everything started to, you know, cases and COVID started to go up again. So we we're like, oh, we're not going anywhere. So we took took sort of took a break where we just didn't work on it for a while. Um, but now but it is good that you had like a basically a zombie outbreak shelter. Like you, yeah. you were pretty well poised for the end of the world. You could oh, make do. So for the Christmas like amnesty or whatever you want to call it, where they're going to say you can go out for a while, we're thinking of just going and being away from people. <laughs> yeah that makes sense I, I don't agree with us all traveling to see other people but traveling to see no one i can get on board with that um <laughs> but now sorry i shouldn't do that while pouring coffee but now we have an extra window uh the benches are starting to get finished we've got a table we've got a table it isn't in yet but we've got it had it for a while um the, the window was in the shed for so long and like just looking at us like you haven't put us in yet you haven't put me in yet you haven't put me in yet just but there's a certain shameless. satisfaction about buying parts. Yep. But buying the like the step after buying the part to doing something with it is much larger than the research and buying part. But it's not like it's so satisfying to go. I've ordered all these things, 
I am productive, <laughs> but you haven't actually done anything. The, is that what it's like? Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. The part we had, we we had a pile of shame for the van for a wh- quite a while. Things <laughs> like shame. the shower was there for a long time before we eventually put it in. And once I put it in, I felt great, and I was like, that didn't take very long. We um, we've had a couple of the jobs that we did yesterday where we just they've been on the to do list for ages, and we just smashed them all out in about half an hour. Like there was a bit. We should finish all that. the things we start. Yeah, you're just like, why? Why don't we just get on with it? Like all these times. I think a lot of the time is because we um. Uh, I've had the realization is that if you feel like your relationship is not having enough arguments, start converting a van together. Um, oh, that's a good one <laughs> to do. Keep that in mind. It's it's great. I would re- highly recommend it. Just be ready for the time where you both end up with a very very big clash in ideas, and you're both. T- it's quite high stakes. Um, like <laughs> I I kind of get now why on all these home renovation shows why the couples just completely fall out. Right, like all the times when but, you're there laughing, them going when they're going. I think it be, should be Magnolia. I think it should be Cerulean or something. And you're there just going, and we're all laughing at them, going, "Oh, come on, they're the same thing." And then no, from from the other side of that mirror, yeah, it's, it's serious when you're just there going, "No, it should be here." No, I think it should be here. <laughs> when they say the most stressful things in a relationship can do is move house and build a van, I'm pretty sure they're the two things that they're saying. <laughs> Probably, yeah, it's um. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I anyway, love it. Speaking of piles of shame, because uh, one thing you wanted, I mentioned to you before we started recording, and uh, you wanted to talk about, but I didn't, was I've started collecting Warhammer <laughs> again. Oh, yes. Yes. It's very interesting. I feel like we become more and more similar. I don't have Warhammer, but over this break, I suddenly suddenly became instantly fascinated about it, <laughs> and did a lot of a lot of reading up of stuff. It's something that's always interested me, but I've, it's it's like D and D. How like I've always wanted to know how it works, but never, I don't know, just never had the opportunity. And I realized I found out that well, I think is it is it since you've got that or before you got that they released a new version of Warhammer, right? Forty thousand ninth edition has just come uh, came out sometime this year. August or something, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I find that fascinating when they, when they just like reinvent themselves or do something and how they do that. But apparently, Games Workshop is pretty. Um, they like to release things a lot, <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. There's there's a very long discussion to be had about Games Workshop's release schedule, which I will not. Um, I will I will not unleash upon you because it, it, it we'd be here until and actually until next year. Um. So what what is your your collection? Uh, one is it called species clan? Do you collect one type? <laughs> no, I've I've currently collecting. Um, well, a bit of background to this. My journey in Warhammer started when I was around about ten. Um, oh wow! Because my brother said, "There's this you know, there's this thing where we can go and get little models, we can build them and paint them." Because I'd done like Airfix before that, which is um, building little model planes, mm-hmm. um, and then. I was useless at it, and I'll see if I can. Find, I, I might. I'll, I'll upload a showcase to somewhere um, so that everyone could see my, my progress. Because I've got, I've managed to find my really like genuinely first models. They are in a state. They were poorly painted. They've fallen apart, and um, it's adorable. It though. did not go well. And like the the prob- there's there is a problem with hobby with this hobby that there's a bit of a barrier of entry where you. Look at like look at the box art, and it looks amazing because they've got professional people who do this all the time to paint those little miniatures, and they look you know paintings really really good. And then ten year old me goes, I want to buy that. Okay, okay, so you buy 
buy some models, buy some paints, buy some glues, and then you're painting it. And he goes, it doesn't look anything like the box. <laughs> Maybe probably because you bought the wrong paints, you didn't thin them, and there's lots of other little things I didn't do. And at the time, YouTube didn't exist, so I couldn't go to oh. somewhere like YouTube and yeah. see a tutorial of someone saying, here's how you paint. Um, so that didn't go very well. So yeah, kind of fizzled out because I didn't really finish those models. And then when I got a bit older, so this is around about when I was 18, no, 17, 18, had a bit, because also, I I don't know if you're aware, but Warhammer is somewhat of a money sink. I hear this. I hear most of these hobbies are. Yes. <laughs> Because it's expensive and you need to buy lots of little, lots of things. And it's the kind of thing where you can't, you, well, you can dip your toe in, but it doesn't go well. But uh, there was, after a while, I bought um, a start, paint, uh, start painting kit and I was thinking, oh, I'm a bit older now, I'm you know, a bit more patient, I can do a bit better. <laughs> and I've got those models and God, they're still not very good. Uh, so it didn't go well again. Reality didn't meet expectations. And then uh, a couple of years later, after I think there was a shorter time this this time. Uh, I bought myself a big box and I was like, I'm just going to actually spend some time on it. And some of those models are not bad. Uh, I've got one here, which I've actually done some touching up on, which is the one I showed you earlier, this little sorcerer. Oh, yeah. um, so I've got some models there, which uh, I don't really need to do anything to, but um, uh, some of them I will try and restore anyway, because they just could be better. But at that time, I've so I had some models which I actually did a write at. And now it's this time I've gone back and I've gone even further into, like, I don't know what I, I've, I've, what, which pill is it that Neo takes? What is that? Blue one. Which is it the red or the blue pill that I'm meant to take to go further in? Oh, <laughs> see, I'd be a bad Neo. <laughs> yeah. Whichever, whichever one, just take them both. Um, no, whichever one, yeah. whichever one you took, I've, I've probably fallen, I've fallen a bit further in this time. Again, what doesn't help is that I've now had more spare time because I'm not able to go anywhere. Uh, more disposable income because I have a funny thing called a job. And um, I've just, I've also got so many more resources such as YouTube is just an absolute font of knowledge uh, for how to paint and different things. And like you can see how a professional paints their models. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I can, you look at that and go, they make it look so easy. I can do that. And oh, it's not quite as good, um, but I, it's, it's a lot better. And now I've got, so I've got, a Thousand Suns Army, which is a Chaos Space Marines army. I've got a Tau Army, which is a lot of my old, my brother's old models, some of which I've restored, some of which I've added to myself. Uh, and yeah, it's. I've now, are they I've, fun to paint? They are. It's very relaxing. It is? Yes. I wasn't sure which way I'd go down the, the seesaw, whether it'd be like super relaxing and take your time or just super frustrating. It's both. Okay, <laughs> it's both because you'll be there, and it's quite relaxing to just be able to have a thing to just do. Uh, mm -hmm. If you just have music going, you're just painting. It's it's a. I've at one point when I was finding work very tough because I couldn't focus on anything. It was quite nice to be able to just go. This is just a thing. I'm. Yeah, it's just going to let it happen. And it turns out, Monkey Brain likes that. Mm. Um. So. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice being able to just so sort of, and I. I, I turns out when you have someone able to show you this is how you paint them and this is how you make them look good and then you do those things it's actually a lot easier than i thought it was going to be yeah man youtube's the like it's it's completely changed the world the way mm. you learn stuff like I, I was reading a bunch of um 
retrospective articles about uh, game developers and they're pretty much saying, you know, when they started, even when I was in uni, like there was one or two textbooks you might be able to get from the uni library about this stuff. But now literally you can, there are thousands of videos on YouTube about every single engine or every single, any problem you may come across. Like it's mm. a different way of learning now. And then so I can completely understand that. When you're working as a developer, I don't know what this, uh, what this thing does. I know Stack Overflow. Exactly. Don't yeah. know what this Someone code... else has been the dummy. Yeah, I don't know what don't know what this code's doing, but apparently it works. So I'm just going to copy and paste it into whatever I'm doing. <laughs> Should work now. Done that. That's how the, you use FMI. The, the Warhammer stuff that interested me lately that I haven't got, but I'm sure eventually it will happen, is that they've got this um the the football version. I think Blood Ball, Blood Brawl, Blood Bowl, and they've just released the second version of it. It sounds like the perfect gateway drug for copes because. Um, you get your team sorted and I don't know who I'd play. That's the other problem. You have to either convince someone or see if there's any gaming groups, which I'm sure there are around. But uh, that excites me, that game. That's that's a problem I had or why I didn't take off the first time is that, um, or what why I got into it this time was because I actually text my friend because um, we, were, we were just chatting about... Um, we, you know, we should we should meet up because we can now and uh, like, oh, what game should we play? Oh, I've never actually played Warhammer. So I went and got all my old models out and went over to his and we played Kill Team for the afternoon. Um, and it was great. And it was, but it is important that you need to, the reason I was collecting them was to play the game. And now mm-hmm. I've spent so much more time building and painting them, which I have enjoyed, but I don't know when I'm going to get to play with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I know there's some people who just build and paint them and that's fine. And some people who just play with them. But, um, mm-hmm. Ideally you want to do everything. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't get into it the, too much the first time was that I never actually got to the point. Play there's there is quite a big barrier of entry, but there there are worse things to be deep diving. That's what I always <laughs> think. Like if if you you know you're working for your money, you get to spend it however you want, and like you know you could on one hand you could be collecting plastic figures and painting them, or the other hand you could be snorting cocaine, and one is like one is bad and one is horrible. So which one? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> one, like it's really like it, if you enjoy it, that it should be do, do whatever you want, and I think that's great. It is great that <laughs> all this stuff is definitely especially like geekdom is is there's just a renaissance at the moment of all this stuff, and it kind of gives you the opportunity to just try a bunch of stuff that I don't know just was never an option before. I, I'm loving it. I don't know what's going to happen when I um, can do all the other things I used to do and I run out of time again. I don't find enough time for this anyway. Yeah. Do you find like that that your your life, adult life is quickly becoming you just trying to do the things you did as a kid? Yes. That is very much what this was. It started uh-huh. out being, a, this is a thing I wanted to do when I was younger and now I'm able to. Exactly. And- now you can actually afford it and your parents can't tell you no. But... <laughs> It's it's literally like I've, I've just been writing down like a bunch of hobbies that I want to get into as well, and it's just stuff I did or wanted to do as a kid. As I could have shortcut I, for some reason, there was this ten year gap of nothing of a black hole of nothing that you could have just kept doing it. Like, well, why grow up? <laughs> well, y- yes, there's very much a case of why why grow up. And I when I look at these things, I go, oh, you really shouldn't be spending this much money on it. And then I'm thinking, well, I enjoy it. There's, uh-huh. there's more expensive hobbies I could have, like having a horse. 
these things where you're going, oh, we, when I was younger, I really wanted to be able to get into that, but I couldn't because my parents said no, or I didn't have enough money, or I wasn't very good at it. And now I can do it again. And it's get, climbing is another example of that. I used to climb a lot as a child, but I never got to like get into it properly. But now I'm older. And once someone pointed out, I just needed that little push where someone was just like, where can I go climbing around here? You look, you seem like the kind of person that would know that. And I, my response was, yes, I do know that. Why don't I make use of that knowledge? Um, so, and, and you look like a climber. That's good. Well, it was just, it's just a weird thing to think that um, this was only three years ago where someone was just, it was just someone just asking a question of where, do you know where I can go climbing in Swindon? And I said, actually I do. Um, and that was the, re- that, that's, and that's when it started. Um, and now you're fully uh, into it. And now, yeah, well, I mean, I haven't been able to go climbing since August, but yes. Have we gone climbing since then? No. Yes. No. No. Oh, I forgot this. So in the, this year I managed, we went cycling around Devon to go, uh, I went cycle, uh, bike packing. Really? With yeah. like uh, packs and camping and. Yeah, we camp, took, took the bivvy stuff, uh, took a load of climbing stuff, which we barely, I did use, went, went on a night climb, which was amazing. Um, the reason I forgot this was because I just, it, it's a, in my van notes, but I didn't, I didn't write it in my notes. I should have, because I wouldn't, I didn't stay in the van. We took the van down to Devon, dropped van off, dropped girlfriend off in van, like, yep, see ya. Oh, so she had a nice weekend doing nothing in the van and I cycled around Devon and oh, Devon's steep. Oh, solo. You did it solo? Uh, no, I had a, a friend from Cornwall. I so, so we, we met up. He, he he meets us there at the campsite. We get in bikes and just, well, we didn't quite set off. We actually got in his car to drive, drive a little bit to then set off. And um, yeah, it turns out bikepacking, uh, great fun. Devon, hmm. probably not the best place to start. Probably want to start somewhere <laughs> a bit flatter. Because we uh-huh. we were there planning the route. We're like, oh, there's this nice, you know, we'll do this little loop. Oh, there's a popular road over here. Let's, I wonder what that, we'll do that one. Turns out it's in one of the top 100 climbs in the UK. And it's pretty far up that list. <laughs> And yeah. uh, what time did we hit it? Oh, we hit it at three in the afternoon on one of the hottest days of the year. Oh, so we uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, we we went hiking the other day and like it's you know eleven thirty twelve and I guess st- getting to peak sun and we mostly like slept not not got up early and we walked past these middle aged women and um <laughs> one first one's like hello how are you going second one's hey hey the third one's like. It's a bit late to be starting, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> we are aware and we are sweating and we will not make this mistake again until next time. We, we, did, we, had, we sort of had that moment when, because as, as we're going up this climb, we just had to stop for a bit. We were just sat underneath a sign for a uh, farm or something. I just, just sat there just watching the cars go past. Watched, we watched a couple of near misses as well because it was it being a nice... <laughs> Um, Devon Road because you were in the middle skinny. of the road. No, yeah, well, yeah, we just sat in the middle of the road. No, um, we're there just going, Oh, we should be able to get on so much more of this. And they're like, Wait, hang on, no, we're here to enjoy ourselves, and it is hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with just sitting here and waiting for it to cool down a bit. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, that was it. Turning out, turns out the reason the uh, Tour de Britain goes up that that bit of road is because it's quite, it's quite a good, consistent climb. It's, I'm sure it's very nice yeah. when you're not carrying an extra. 10 or 20 kilos of climbing kit. And how many nights was this? One night. Oh, uh, well, when we had we got there in the evening on the Friday, uh, camped next to the car, and then we, in the morning, loaded up the bikes and set off camps. 
uh, well, Bibby's, that's, and then that's the dream. Cycle back. It was it was great, but we. It's nice getting into these things and then going. Oh, I know what I would change for next time. And I've done this with like um, hill walking and climbing and stuff. Where the more I do it, the more I realize the things I used to get wrong, and that's really nice. And I wish I just want to be doing them more, but I can't at the moment. Uh-huh. It's funny. I think that's the especially with outdoor pursuits is the satisfaction of knowing what gear to get and then getting it and being able to enjoy life being easier because you have this new gear or new way of doing stuff or something mm. like that, that you only know by going through the hard way. And then you look at the the first trip you ever did and you're like, holy damn, that was like that was <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like we went, I mean, my first hike, we went hiking for three days in jeans and it was Ooh. dumb. <laughs> Jeans and we had a tin spaghetti, carried a sleeping bag, rolled up under my arm. Oh, God. Like, it's just all dumb stuff like that, right? But then when you have, like, I remember when we had our first sleeping bag that packed down into a small, it was mind-blowing. Like, how do they make this this small? It's, it's satisfaction from that. There's, there's a lot of stuff which once you, um, once you, what, well, I found that a lot of the stuff that I used to think you needed for hiking, you really don't. Uh-huh. Like it's once you've done enough once you've done this enough, you start realizing there's you go, this thing has never come out of my bag. That's another bad thing, yeah. And unless it is your first aid kit, it doesn't need to be there. So I start carrying I always, a lot less. I definitely because you know when you pack, you have your list and you and you get ready and everything. Well, for me, I try and get as organized as possible. But by the end of the trip, you get your bag home and it's just a shit show. Like everything's yeah. everywhere. It's just madness. And I always want to do like a stock day. Like you're saying, go like, what things have I used? What things haven't I used? And then like update my list sort of thing. But I can never be bothered by the end. And so I feel like that'd be a good thing, a post-mortem. One thing you should look up, uh, and I would encourage listeners to look this up, is ultralight um, hiking. Ooh. So... Ultra, ultra light is, but there's, I mean, when you're doing this kind of thing, there's all, there's many different philosophies. There's such as like ultralight is an example where you just say you carry the bare minimum and you make sure that stuff is all very light so that you're carrying you know, as little weight as possible. That means you can move further. Um, it just makes it more comfortable. Yeah, so there's some things you're about, some creature comforts you might miss out on, but um, it's just easier along the way. And then there's other people where you're like, I want to have these extra little comforts and things. And mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has their own little balance. Some people might find they really like to, you know, go all the way on ultralight, like cutting the end of your toothbrush so you've only got the, so the <laughs> toothbrush is like a toothbrush is not very heavy, but then if, uh-huh. if you're half the weight, you're half the weight. And then there's some uh-huh. people like I, I would never go without a pillow, but I have an inflatable pillow that's quite light, so I go, I don't need it, but I'm still having it. Uh huh. Don't take a thermos because they're heavy. Um, if you're going to take a stove. Make sure, like, make it worthwhile taking a stove. Don't mm-hmm. don't just have one meal. Don't yeah. haul the trangia all the way up to the top of Scarfell Pike to, and then turn around to your climbing buddy and say, "So, where's the coffee?" To find <laughs> out that they thought you had it. Mm. Classic. Yeah, but ultralight is there's like a whole community of people talk like discussing how they can save weight and things. And I have some of these things where you got like ultralight sleeping mats and. Uh, sleeping bags like bivying is great using a tarp I was not sold on it the first time getting up, up to late district with a mate and he's like we'll just sleep under a tarp and I'm not sure about this I hadn't wild camped before um, well I kind of had but not in a tarp and he's just we'd set up a tarp and I'm like this is not going to work 
Like, we're gonna die. Um, I know we were fine. Apparently, apparently, it rained that night. I don't know. <laughs> Slept like a baby, and wow. um, I sold it after that. It's only in recent years that he's also gone the other way, and actually, I've managed to sell him on. Tents have a place in the world. <laughs> I'd just be afraid of getting eaten. So, well, it's different uh, in Australia where there's things that could eat you. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Uh, it's funny how we've built this van so we can live in it, and the first thing we want, like, the main things we want to go and do, is not be in the van. <laughs> yeah, maybe a car could have been enough, but it's the it's just the challenge. I think the main thing is that if we take a car up to some of these places, then we can only be there for so long before we've like this, had enough of this. Whereas the van, uh-huh. we could go and stay. Uh, I think a van is a wise choice. I think it'd be fun. Watch this space. Well, hopefully we'll soon be able to actually do more stuff about it. I think we've been... Um, All right. Would you like your present? What's that noise? Is that Santa coming to land on the roof? Yes, it is, Andrew. Oh, oh, oh. Santa's landed on the roof and he's going he's gonna to get his sack down the chimney. And we're going to reach into his sack. And uh, so who's going to who's going to go first? Are you going to go first or am I going to go first? Oh, it's all hairy. All right, I'll send you, uh, I'll send you yours. You, I have no idea how you get this, but um, there's an email that's arrived. And I feel like this will be right up your alley based on everything we've talked about this episode. I have, I've got a couple of emails. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I've just opened up my email. I've got so much spam. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, mine oh. is mine is the one about promising large erections. Yeah, no, I've, so yeah. no, it's not that one. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's the one from Mark Coates where it's drive through RPG. There we go. Four Against Darkness, a one page play sheet for Four Against Darkness. So this is a game which just so happens while we are, have been recording, my print version has arrived at my door. I think. So I actually haven't haven't got to read through it yet, but it's a it's kind of like a hybrid between D and D and uh, choose your own adventure and um, other things, but it's actually none of them. But I think it's like a, you use the graph paper and the it creates a random dungeon based on your dice rolls and gives you random encounters and you create your your thing and it's kind of like every time you play it's a different dungeon with different encounters and different characters and you play it solo so no no dungeon master no need anyone else no no apps no nothing it's just the bit of paper and the dice which and and made from indie people i thought it was pretty awesome i've downloaded it that's like that's just the character sheet which is a bit of graph paper with minions boss weird Nah, get the other one. That's that's just the <laughs> the play sheet. So it's like a solitaire D and D roll and write. Yeah, it sounds like you had a better description than me. I, I have a feeling that when you get this in hard copy, it's it because it's in a nice book and you open up the book and then the first page is just there. You know, like you know where to start. Whereas when you download it in a zip file and it's all separate PDFs, I don't really know where to start. Oh, is there like a, a rule book PDF? Because I think most of these products, they have many different attachments and a lot of them are like if you want to print stuff out or or something like that. But usually there's one main PDF. I found these. Oh, excellent. So Almost a disaster of a present. Introduction. This is an old school dungeon bashing game that can be played with minimum space and equipment. You will need a pencil, two dice and craft paper. Done. I've got that stuff. 
You can also play on a dry erase whiteboard, or even use any dungeon tiles already in your possession. I don't think I have any in my... You could probably do it with toilet paper too. Like probably could. Squares. Can I do it? Can I like scratch it into a slate? Um, you control you a party could, yeah. of four heroes who adventure into a dungeon generated by dice rolls. I cannot wait to give this a go and I will let you know how I get on with it in a future episode, possibly with a video to go with. Oh, I can be a rogue. I can be a... Sweet, because what I needed for D&D &D was a, a way to play it without friends so that I can play it more often. That's exactly the thing. Because you have to, then you have to make friends to start with, and that's the hardest part is to make friends. So skip the whole friends thing together. <laughs> skip whole knowing people. There is So the way I've been playing uh, my D&D &D group works is we play on Roll20, which is a website that allows us to play it online, basically. Um, and that's great, but the thing is that we... When you're playing it with other people, the part of that is that you need, you, you know, you can only play when they're ready. So we, we play once a week and we play for a couple of hours or something. Which means that sometimes I don't get enough of my D&D &D fix. Hmm. Um, most of the time I'm all right, but sometimes you're like, oh, I wish I could play more. But um, That's crazy that you can schedule that amount of time on a weekly basis because that's that's the pretty much the the death of, of every single campaign. It's just scheduling. Yeah, well, that's the reason I couldn't get into it before. That, it, that is the reason the game I played before this, Dark Heresy. The reason I stopped playing that was because I got busy, and the reason I got back into it was because I you know, just texted that friend saying, getting busy. "Hey, turns out I'm not busy anymore." <laughs> now, I'm guessing there's very bad drawings in it. Like most of these indie stuff, I've got no, pretty, pretty scrappy, but that's pretty slick. Like I would pay money for this. Yeah, good stuff. That's good. I cannot wait to get started on it. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Right, I'm going to have to send you a Steam page. Do you know how you said like you had a box written within a box, within a box, within a box? Well, I had you an, an email wrapped inside <laughs> a login, wrapped inside <laughs> a zip folder, <laughs> wrapped inside a PDF. You, you, know, so, you know what the awkwardness of Secret Santa needs? It needs you creating a password. <laughs> That's it. And unzipping a file. <laughs> so there, there, there is actually two parts to my, my, uh, my Secret Santa. Oh, I'm excited. So here is the first part. It's going to be really embarrassing if you've already got this. I like that the thumbnail has site error, and that's the first thing I saw. That's that's what you got to love. Got the game I've been receiving is called Sex with Stalin. And quote unquote from PC Gamer, Sex with Stalin was better than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of glowing review you can't wait to get. Sex with Stalin is a bizarre proposition, part parody of the dating genre, part surrealist exploration of modern Russia's roots and all done in the worst possible taste. <laughs> Perfect. Contains a great deal of text, mostly dense exchanges between the player character. Uh, so it's like a, a conversation style game. Uh, I have not played it. Fair warning. If the title isn't enough of a clue, there's a lot in this game with the capacity to offend. <laughs> For example, you have sex with Stalin. Pretty, um, oh, the internet. Sometimes you think about like when people are making these things and someone's like, oh, have, I'm not sure if it's like this. I'm looking at one 3D graphics. I'm not sure if they're 2D or 3D normally, but oh, it is. There is definitely a 3D version um, with blurred out parts. <laughs> so like at one part, the bosses looked over to his worker and what would seem 
to be something not work-related is completely work-related. <laughs> God, he's not attractive in this game, is he? <laughs> That's what you're taking away from. Oh, well, you know, I, I would, if he was a looker, I'd be fine with it. But, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, if it's appealing. So, I, I mean, this is this is the kind of thing where I... This 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 came up. Not I can't remember where it came up in conversation. Probably when we were playing D and D or something. But someone just drops something on the lines of they just say something something sex with Stalin, and you just go, "What what sex with Stalin?" And they go, "Oh, it's a game that's just been released on Steam." And you you, you call their bluff and Google and you know search it and go, "Oh oh wow, oh right, oh no, it's exactly what you think it would be." Um, well, I can't wait to play this game. Oh, the other one did work. So it was that. It was that. I bet that's going to be banned in Australia, and that's why I can't send it to you. But I can send you the other one. Ah, okay. Man, a lot of effort has gone into this game. There are like three D cutscenes, and what looks to be <laughs> there is going to be a scarring event. So that was part of your uh, secret answer. All right. This one is called Among Us, and this is definitely. A streaming style game. Now, if someone hasn't doesn't know what Among Us is, yeah, please tell me because I haven't actually seen it. Among I've, Us, I've seen like lots of comics about it. It's a um, yeah, it's all over Reddit. Um, it's a very popular game. All of a sudden, it's actually been around for quite, uh, something like three years, but it wasn't very popular for a long time. And then suddenly, the population exploded, which makes it seem like it only came out a couple of months ago, but actually, it's been out for ages. Um, and oh, I mean, to tell you what, it's. An absolute sleeper story where they released it. It's doing all right, and they were there talking about releasing the second one, and they've had to just push back the second one because suddenly the first uh, game got so popular they've had to like actually go back and develop it more. Huh. So, Among Us is a game where there's you're on a spaceship and there's uh, up to ten crewmates, but you know, a specified number, one, two, or three of you is is an imposter, uh, and you do not know who the imposter is. The imposter's job is to uh, kill all the crew, basically. Uh, sabotage the ship. You've got to sabotage the mission. And the crewmate's job is to keep the ship running and stay alive. Um, and it's great fun. It's the kind of when this first came out, my immediate reaction, being the grumpier man I am, is that I've been trying to play Avalon for years and really struggled to get it. And now suddenly this game comes out, which is very similar. It's a hidden role game where you've got um or werewolf it's very similar to werewolf mafia style yeah um and i've been trying to play it for ages and no one would play it with me but then suddenly this comes along everybody's playing it and when i say everybody i mean all the people who used to play Fortnite. it's the gamers paradox is like you just want people to play like you spend half your time trying to convince people to play the same game with you that's all it is more than half that's what happened and now i've decided uh, when i did eventually get into it because i put off playing it for a long time just because i don't want to play against strangers i want to play against people i know um and i I have recently but the thing is we haven't really got enough people to play a game by ourselves so we just let randoms in to make out numbers and that kind of it works it's great fun but it would be nice if we could actually get a whole 10 player game of people i know so people were vested in the game and took it seriously oh well hopefully i can join you i hope so time zones make it a bit bit trickier but we'll we'll Uh persevere um it, although I would, I've been trying so hard to just like get people to play it. <laughs> I just send messages out like, please play the game with me. But um, it's it's really good fun. Um, 
and I just wish I was better at it. Oh, thanks very much, man. That's an yep. awesome present. Oh, I'm on uh, I'm on two percent of the iPad, so this is probably a great oh, time. This is probably a good time to wrap it up. Oh, oh look at that! The, the Christmas outro music is happening. Oh, listen to that! Sounds amazing. Okay, so what should everyone do after listening to this episode? They should uh, start fasting for Christmas because we all know that uh, Christmas we just eat more than we would normally let us, and why not just empty the stomach before you fill it? Yeah, well, it's, it's mm. smart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to enjoy all the bad food. I don't want to feel like I'm adding to an already full belly with bad food. Oh, wait, yeah, you need to eat something. But well, actually, no, I haven't tried any twenty-four hour fasts yet. But I am still doing intermittent fasting. Is that going to go through Christmas? Uh, impossible. I mean. Uh, it, it survives as long as I don't have breakfast is how it works so all these dudes just not have breakfast and then still keep on going and I probably will it's harder than you think <laughs> uh, the main the, it doesn't matter what time I'm eating on Christmas whatever I'm eating is going to be bad enough that it just destroys it it's just all the puddings all, all the different types of puddings it's always a regret but just tasty regret I don't know, once a year I think I can get on board with it. Like just... Well, the problem is we just got off two birthdays, so Ooh. we're already we're already in the regret now, so it's just a month of just trouble. <laughs> a month of self-pity. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, do you have a quote? I don't know. I do have a quote. I have a, I oh. had a quote. I've been writing it down for a while. Um, yes. Would you like the one that I had from a natural person or the one that came up from a fortune cookie? <laughs> I oh, can't. I can't. I have to choose the fortune cookie. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, did we have, uh, this happened at work, so I guess we went and got Chinese once, and we had fortune cookies. So anyway, uh, this one is from a fortune cookie. So unfortunately, I can't. You know, I can't attribute it to whoever came up with it. Probably whoever was in the cookie. The cookie. The cookie. The cookie says, "The heart has reasons the mind cannot understand." That's it. That's it. I, was, I, just, I just opened it up and I was like, that's nice, I'm writing that down. And it's true, because we were speaking about this all episode where you know how there's some things you used to do as a child and you just want to do them now? I don't know why I like these things. <laughs> yes. But I do. That's true. It's the heart. Every now and then I wake up and realise what I'm doing and I'm sat there going, to be spending this money somewhere else. But then I just, I don't know why, but I just, it just, I just like it. It's just there's a small plastic figurine lodged in one of your heart thingies. <laughs> My left bench. Trying to think of the word. That's the one. All right. Well, I'm sh- I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and uh, has a Happy New Year. And I'm sure we will try and make sure it's not as long until we speak again, Coach. Yep. For sure. For sure. Where it's the New Year, we're going to record every third day to catch up yeah it's really bad I set very ambitious goals for New Year so like it's not not beyond me to say something like that so let's let's not say every third day but maybe every fourth we'll we'll, we'll discuss the uh, end of year results in the next episode I think (laughs) New Year episode that's it (laughs) alright it's been good chatting folks yeah man for sure Merry Christmas everyone Merry Christmas whoop whoop
Señores, 